So, uh, um, my first koan, it was actually, we both received the same koan uh, from our teacher, was who hears? Who hears that sound? <clears throat> and that was the practice of my spiritual grandfather on my Soto Zen side. Uh, it was uh, his lifelong practice was with that koan. And I've made it my lifelong practice, so my practice is, is listening. And a floor like this is just wonderful during walking <laughs> meditation. <laughs> There's so much going on. <laughs> I was born into the first TV generation. And so some of my earliest memories are jingles and commercials. Does anyone remember the, if you were this old, <laughs> the public service announcement that played in the late 50s and early 60s for the United Negro College Fund? Mm -hmm. Anybody remember? A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A mind is a yeah. terrible thing to waste. And I also, does anybody remember what Dan Quayle did with that? <laughs> in 1989, Vice President Dan Quayle was invited to speak at the United Negro College Fund, and he got up and said, what a waste it is to lose one's mind. <laughs> he actually went on to say, or not to have a mind, he realized he'd made some mistake with it, he said, or not to have a mind is very wasteful. How true that is. <laughs> How true that is. <laughs> I think we'll stay with the unmangled version tonight. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Tonight I'd like to explore the importance of training the mind. What I really want to talk about, what we're really going to talk about, is awakened mind, illumined mind. So I'll be trying to talk about something that is an experience beyond words. Mm. So hopefully I'll be pointing at the truth of this experience of awakened mind. And we'll also do things together tonight. And I hope that will also point at awakened mind. The Discourse on Knowing the Better Way to Live Alone is a sutra in which the Buddha, Buddha tells us plainly and simply what mindfulness is. Looking deeply at life as it is in the very here and now. That's our practice. And the Buddha says when we look at life as it is in the very here and now, the practitioner dwells instability and freedom and he goes on to qualify what he means by that he says when we study and learn about the awakened one we dwell in stability and freedom and I this was this uh, discourse was the first one my teacher asked me to memorize and when we got to this thing where it said you know and uh, uh, when we study and learn about the awakened one and she said, 
who is the awakened one? And I said, based on the capital A O, <laughs> I said, well, that's got to be the Buddha. And she showed me very gently how he was referring to anyone who wakes up. Anyone who awakens. So what does it mean to awaken? Let's hold that question all evening. The Buddha goes on to say, when we study the teachings of love and understanding, and we study about the community that lives in mindfulness and harmony and awareness, and we know about the noble teachers and their teachings, and we practice their teachings, then we're developing the skills that will help us to awaken. And not only to awaken, but stay awake. And these are the very skills I, I follow what you guys are. I follow your Facebook page. <laughs> I, know, I know what you're studying and working on together. So these are the very skills you're learning and practicing here at AMC. They're proven skills and practices that point us toward awakening. And so when speaking about the mind, we often refer to it as my mind or your mind, or our mind. And I would say to you, it's not mine, yours, or ours. It doesn't belong to me any more than this body belongs to me. The Buddha goes on in that discourse to say, regarding this body, if I regard this body as myself, if I regard my feelings as myself, as I regard perceptions as myself, or thinking, over consciousness, if I regard these as myself, then that's a hindrance to waking up. But when we don't think this body, or this sensation, or this perception, or this thought, or this consciousness is me, then we're free to dwell in unhindered stability. So what does dwelling in un unhindered stability mean? You know, when we say this consciousness is not myself, we, we might just as well say and easily say this mind is not myself. So what is this mind? It's hard to describe. But we know it when we see it. We know it when we touch it. So without closing your eyes, I invite you to stop and be still and allow awareness to arise. Just allow your awareness to arise. Touch into awareness right now. If that invitation doesn't work for you, then just stop and listen. That awareness without words is awakened mind. There's a luminous quality to it. Like now be aware that you're aware. 
aware of awareness. You know, anyone who's been practicing mindfulness meditation for a while knows exactly how to touch that simple, uncluttered, mindful awareness. I'm simply inviting you to notice awareness. It's what we do on the cushion. And be aware that you're aware. Notice that you can be completely, fully aware and still pay attention to everything I say. One of my own cherished personal practices is to maintain awareness of awareness while I'm listening to a Dharma talk. So let's see if you can do it. Now our common way of speaking about uh, uh, is to say that it's my mind or our mind or your mind. But the mind I'm talking about isn't mine or yours or ours. When I'm experiencing my mind, or you're experiencing your mind, I would suggest that we're actually, um, we're having a personalized experience of a greater cosmic or universal mind. I'll come back to what I mean by that. This means that, that when we tap into this awakened or luminous mind, we connect with something that includes ourselves, but it's also well beyond ourselves. Genuine experience of illumined mind is, is transcendental. That is, it transcends the self. And what I mean by that is that awakened mind is outside of the physical realm. This illumined mind that we're touching transcends time and space. If I ask you to show me your mind, you can't do it. You can't find it. We think that our mind is up here. But the Satipatthana Sutra, that's the discourse on the four foundations of mindfulness. In that sutra, it shows us that we can experience mindfulness of and in our whole body. Let's see how. Let's do that right now. So this time you get to close your eyes. Simply close your eyes and invite or allow or ignite, however, the whatever works for you, allow awakened mind to arise. You're aware of this moment and aware that there is awareness there. Now let your awareness drop down into your chest. Become aware of your heart. Now your lungs. Your arms and hands and fingers. 
bring awareness to your bottom and your legs and your feet. And allow your awareness to fill your whole body. Breathing in and out, just knowing. Awareness, awareness of this body. It's well done. You can open your eyes. Now, we can, we can experience mind in every organ, in every sinew of our body. Awakened mind's not just up here. In my work studying and teaching this practice, um, I can see that mind is both personal and interpersonal. Mind is both a personal experience and a shared experience. And our shared experience of awakened mind is essentially the same for all of us once we've been trained, once we've trained ourselves. So mind is both personal and universal. And let me define what I mean by universal. If we speak of universal health care, we mean health care that's the same for everyone. Health care to which everyone has equal access. So when we say something is universal in this context, we mean that thing is done by or experienced by or accessible to everyone equally. When I say that mind is universal, this awakened, illumined mind is universal, I'm proposing that this awakened mind is available to everyone. And when we've trained ourselves, we come to see that awakened mind manifests itself essentially the same way for each of us. We can each train our minds to tap into it. That's why it can be taught about in Dharma talks, <laughs> this thing that we can't describe. We can still teach about it because we have a common experience of it. We find it difficult, if not impossible, to describe this luminous mind. And the best a teacher can do is point at it because he or she has had a personal experience of it. And that, and that experience must include a shared experience of illumined mind. Shared experience of illumined mind is the heart of the deep connection and friendship that John and I enjoy. Touching into awakened mind together. We've spent 20 years sitting side by side on cushions in seven day and three, 21 day retreats. Igniting the awakened mind. So I liken it to the taste of banana. What is the taste of banana? You can't explain to someone what banana tastes like. It's banana flavored. <laughs> <laughs> Yet we know banana when we taste it, right? You know what banana is. And amazingly, everyone who's tasted banana a few times 
knows this is banana. So it appears, at least with bananas, that we all experience relatively the same thing each time we taste banana. I know that some of you are right now holding in your mind the taste of bananas. But it's the same with illumined mind. As we deepen in practice, we come to see, we come to understand and see that access to the experience of awakened mind is something we all share. And that's simply amazing. That's astounding. And, and think about it. We're a pretty unique group tonight. How many of your friends are sitting around awakening their illumined mind together? <laughs> Awakened mind is clear like space. Illumined mind is universal mind. We all have access to it every moment of every day. And accessing it is as simple as inviting or igniting or simply allowing this luminous mind of awareness to arise. While we've been, been practicing and talking together this week, John actually uses this, uh, he, 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 as we're talking about luminous mind just being available all the time, we, we tend to think that we have to like get it, we have to work to get it, and it's like it's here, it's luminous mind surrounds us everywhere. And it's like shutters that just blow open with the wind. And there it is. And we start to think about other stuff. And we lose the human mind. And we can blow the shutters back open. And there it is again. We touch it. So let's do it again. This time, close your eyes. Allow mindful awareness to arise. Be aware that you're aware. And now become aware that we're all sitting here in awareness, sharing the same sense of awakened mind. Feel the presence of the person next to you. There they are, happily cultivating mind at the same time you are. You can open your eyes. This shared experience of awakened mind, this coincidence of the most profound aspect of our Buddha nature, is one of the reasons we get together to practice. We all touch this awakened mind together. So we practice the presence of this awakened mind on our cushion. That's what we're doing on the cushion, no matter what your practice is. It's really, we're touching awakened mind. Whether you're breathing in and out and following your breath, or counting your breath, or doing koans, 
doing metta, at the heart of it is touching awakened mind. Luminous mind is our practice. And we practice, we can practice the presence of mind all the time, anytime, not just on the cushion. You know, we, we come to practice for various reasons. Some people come for health reasons. Some people come for mental health reasons. Some people come to uh, develop compassion or, or, uh, or to reduce stress. And it's great. Meditation is really great. It helps with all of those things. And regardless of the initial motivation that brought us to practice, we come to see that we practice mindfulness meditation on our cushion in order to build a habit of mindfulness, in order to build a habit of awakened mind. We build a habit of coming back again and again and again. And I, we were discussing this. I hate to even use the word coming back because coming back sounds like you've been somewhere. The awakened mind's right here. The shutters were closed. <laughs> um, we build a habit of inviting and allowing this luminous mind to arise again and again in our practice. And we practice on the cushion so that we become more inclined to experience more and more frequent moments of mindful presence throughout the day. If we're not taking our practice off to the cushion into our daily life, we're missing out on a huge fruit of the practice. Over time, as mindful awareness develops into a habit, we find that we're stringing more and more mindful moments together throughout the day. And as we string together more and more of these moments of mindfulness, we find that we become more alive to this life that we've been given. There's great joy in simply experiencing the awakened mind. You know, when I drop into mindfulness myself, when I allow illumined my I experience really deep, wonderful, profound joy. Um, it's, I feel it on my chest. It's like a sensation that just uh, sublime happiness that kind of washes over me. It's simple to do. However, it's not at all simple to sustain or maintain this luminous presence of mind. It's easy to ignite it. It's hard to keep the fire going. And we do that by being faithful to our practice. sitting regularly and encourages us to take the practice off the cushion into our daily life. This practice of, of luminous mind is 
I consider it the antidote to the endless cycle of birth and death. I think the Buddha said that. So what is this mind in mindfulness? Mindful, what is this mind we aspire to be full of? That's a deep philosophical question that's been uh, pondered and wrestled with for millennia by people much wiser than I. But as regards to this practice, as regards what we're doing, being mindful means deliberately training and directing the mind. Deliberately training and directing the mind. How many of us here, if we just let our mind go, it just naturally generates happiness, contentment, and happy thoughts? <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> But this practice has taught me that if I don't actively direct my mind, then of its own accord it tends toward negativity and fear and often anger and even hatred. And I mean, there's no more evil driver than I. <laughs> and all of that mindlessness left unchecked produces a sort of despair. And what is that despair if not dukkha, the, the dukkha, the ill-being that the Buddha talked about? in preparing for tonight, I, I found some wonderful quotes in a 2005 article co-authored by seven Vipassana teachers from the Insight Meditation. Sitting meditation, I've added things to it. Sitting meditation, awakening the luminous mind, is a way of training the mind to see things in a very special way as they happen. Seeing without eyes is indeed a special way of seeing. We see this way by first allowing, opening the shutters to this universal mind. We train the mind to use our innate wisdom without using words, concepts, logic, or interpretations. In this training of the mind, Focus and awareness come together. In this training of the mind, concentration and mindfulness are united. And when concentration and awareness come together, insight arises. And insight gives birth to wisdom. Our wisdom eye registers the constant flux of events that uh, are taking place in every moment of our life. And although this unbroken flux of events is what life is, we can't be fully in touch with it with the truth of what is happening without paying attention to what is happening in our mind and body 
in every waking moment. Allowing the illuminous mind is how we train ourselves to see things as they happen and see things as they really are. Therefore, we don't cling to the past or the future or even to the present. We become participants in what is happening right now. Yet at the same time, we observe it without clinging to it. We train our minds to watch impartially, almost as an observer. And this opens us to realize that there's actually no way we can stop this relentless flow for even a second. And we're not trying to stop it. We just want a different relationship with it. So when we develop a habit of tapping into and allowing this universal mind, we, we begin to experience the freshness of life. Every moment, a new moment, every breath, a fresh breath, and every tiny little thing is living and dying every fraction of a second. You know, there's no way we can see these momentary existences with these eyes. It's only when the mind is sharp and clear and steady and focused and peaceful and at ease and not clouded by craving, anger, and confusion. Only then can we see through this endless cycle of birth and death and transcend it. That is, we're not caught up in it. We're not caught by it. In summary, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Left unchecked, the untrained mind tends to generate unhappiness. Untrained mind pursues the past, gets lost in the future, gets swept away by a present that's overwhelming. We sit to train the mind. Training the mind means developing a habit of mindful awareness. And we call this habit of mindful awareness awakened mind or luminous mind or a universal mind. This trained mind sees clearly. It looks at life as it is in the very here and now. The trained mind transcends conceptual thinking and the conventional way of, exp conventional way of experiencing the world. That is, it, it, it goes beyond our limited view of life and embraces a sort of huge, vast, not knowing. Awaken to this luminous mind, we dwell in stability and freedom. And that shows up as presence and joy and contentment with things exactly as they are. Luminous mind is a gift.
when we stabilize ourselves in reflective and contemplative awareness, we find ourselves steeped in curiosity and openness and acceptance and love. We find ourselves steeped in life itself, in all its glory, grit, and consequence. Awakened mind, universal mind, is the evidence that beyond all this we can see with these eyes, there's something much more. And each of us has access to it and can touch that something more. There's nothing to get. This is it. This is it. This is it. So I think that everything that wanted to be said has been said. So let's enjoy three bells and then we'll see if there's any questions or comments or if anyone would like to share from their practice. <laughs>